gotta get, gotta get the intro in. Hotty toddy. God Almighty, it's a sweat equity podcast. Coming to you from uh, Tokubaka Consulting Office. Hold on, you can almost have to restart that because I didn't hear the music or anything. I don't have it set up to the mixer. I got to put it in post. So, oh, yeah, damn. yeah, right, we don't have this. We don't have everything set up in here. All right, well, restart. This that. is that. no. This is a, <laughs> no. We're keeping it. We keep it raw in this piz. Well, damn, man. Uh, it, it, I'm, 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 you know, it's the music that gets me pumping. I know. You got to. You got to play the Londoners in your head, and then it'll it'll vibe like that. That other voice you're hearing is Damien Alpazar. Uh, what creative director, uh, owner, operator, um, editor, animator, des- uh, what just keep going, how just keep going, designer, <laughs> uh, girthy, this, yeah, this, this, this is what happens when you're like a, a small business, and even though I have a partner, it's like we split hats, but at the same token, you're like. I mean, how many hats do you have? I'm a right. lot, way too See? many. And I've got a big head, so it's like I got to get custom hats. Wow, <laughs> those new those new eras. We are still talking. We're not. We've we moved on to the, yeah. Uh, Look at this forehead. <laughs> we're on the Mevo camera right now, so it's like that's why this is a little bit different uh, than normal. But this forehead, Peyton Manning's like, damn, damn bitch, that's a big forehead. Target. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, may, hey, people say that you know back in the day that would have been an indication of how intelligent you are. <laughs> what is that like uh freemiology or something like that? yeah yeah, yeah. Some, something like that i don't know but they, you know I, I was like hey yeah dude it's coming down out there we're in florida so mm-hmm. this happens yeah but um you know i would have always thought that you know they, they had the big hands the big heads the big everything you know i would just felt you know really bad for for andre the giant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he must have been a genius i mean he only had one sling on his uh leotard <laughs> too that was rough i couldn't even get two over over his shoulders so we we were just doing like a Kind of a post uh, post client meeting, yep. um, and we've been meeting to get on on sweat equity talking about uh, a couple of things. So we're doing these mini episodes, and this one since we just came off the heels of a lot of video digital advertising kind of conversation, we're just like let's knock one out. We both got to go at you know a couple minutes, but we got some stuff we wanted to talk about and might as well just do it this way in increments instead of trying to do a longer hour. Right. Um, but I don't know where to start. Cause we're, we're, we wanted to talk specifically more in the car dealership world because it annoys us. It does. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of good things that the major, I would say the major car brands do, but man, when it gets down to your local dealerships, it just kind of falls Either they do it really well or they do it really bad, and there doesn't seem to be an in between. I yeah, I've been all over the country doing stand up in my earlier days. Um, I've I've seen every kind of like car commercial around the country, and it's like they all are bad around everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you and I look at that and we're like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't have to be that bad. That's yeah. that's what I feel like. That's a lot of the inertia you and I both carry for our our mini hats of jobs but our hat rack of jobs yeah. um yeah I like that. I like that's, that hat it's, it's good yeah. on the fly but it, it, it's that thing where i see a commercial where it's like i know this dealership got ripped off yeah by uh, a really um derivative creative company video production company that doesn't really value creative right um and i'm not and I'm not against like sending old school mailers that have gimmicky. I think those work too. So I feel like a lot of people when 
they hear this conversation if they're part of a dealership or something. Yeah, because I'm going to target this video to you guys just to show you how this works. We got to get this off our chest. We got we to get it to them. But it's that thing of like, man, I, I get the repetitiveness. I get all that. But w- <laughs> we, were, we were laughing about like, can these be like serialized a little bit or targeted towards a, an audience a little bit better? Like, yeah, just because you're local doesn't mean it has to. Well, what ends up happening is that, I mean, I don't know, the, somewhere along the line in the history of car dealership commercials, someone thought that the loud and, and, and obnoxious type of commercial style was the way to go. And they started doing that and the world has moved on and the dealerships in general haven't. And, um, unfortunately most local dealerships have to deal with the troubles of it's a highly competitive market. So they're trying to get noticed. Yep. And in that attempt to get noticed, they either go outlandish or they do things that, um, really doesn't a build their brand and B get people onto the lot. Yes. People recognize the, the loud obnoxious commercial mm-hmm. here or there because it's like, it's been beaten to their heads, mm-hmm. but is it really causing the, the, is it causing the engagement? That they're trying to get from their target, and that's 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 where we sit there and we thump our heads, going, "Man, you paid all this money to make noise." It's really what you're doing. Is <laughs> you're making noise, right? Uh, how much of your brand and message is actually getting across? Is uh, and and is it really targeting the people that you're trying to target? Eh, but you're really making a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, and it in, in old school ways too. People, you hear people uh, parroting the slogan or the noise back. That's like your only stat. Now yeah. we have stats. And it's funny you said get them on the lot because I tried to do a little bit of research before we talked about this on air and, you know, trying to get our marketing package together for this. And everything I'm reading about the industry, uh, the two things you kind of said, you've got m- like industry-wide, you've got more noise than ever as far as there's more brands. Um, everything's kind of segmented preference-wise just in general now because there's – how do you want to digest news or social media or almost anything is kind of splintered off. Um, and then you've got disintermediation. Yeah, that's right. Damn. Uh, See, this, that's, that's that forehead at work right that's, now. That's <laughs> the forehead. That, so that's like the Uber of whatever, the Airbnb of whatever. They found, why does this have to be this way? Let's take out this uh, intermediary and stuff like Carvana's coming up. You ever mm. seen that? We're like, you can order a car, just have it show up. Yeah. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. So there's stuff like that that you have to compete with because that's like bringing a lot to the house. All right. And then you've got uh, the strategy used to be internet leads, just get as many, get as many as you can. Right. And make that, make that funnel really wide at the top. Yeah, and they did that with the flyers and, and, the, and spending all the money on thousands of mail outs to hopefully, you know, pull in a few. So, like, uh, everything now is more about everything I read and the research I did for on the digital marketing side is quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You want a quality uh, person to step foot on the lot. So, anything advertising-wise we talk about is, like, get them through the doorway. That's your right. threshold. The rest is on you. Right. Um, we're going to try to bring quality leads in. So, uh, here's some stats. Ready? Um, 40% of walk-in customers buy that same day if they're a quality lead, um, and 70% do so within 72 hours. Wow. Yeah. They're ready to buy because they've done the research. So cars.com says 43% of shoppers 
don't contact a dealership before they visit one. So that means your digital digital lot, your website, right. needs to be fast for mobile. Under three, it has to load in under three seconds. So nerd stuff like that you need. Uh, but you also need to lead the right person there. Mm-hmm. Um, we can target by income, by brand. If they have the current brand, they want to buy another brand. Uh, you're, some people are more likely. And the, the better the car gets, yeah. the more likely you are to be brand loyal. Right. So there's cool shit like that. Um, you know, and then transparency, I mean, I can keep going. I feel like you had do you, you had something do you no 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 I'm I'm, I'm intrigued because um, I did not do this research I my, my my research is all on the getting them to the door part but you actually have stats beyond that well well it's like we were talking about it you have to have the creative and the technical side marry each other and then it's going to be That's like why a we scissor make such a great couple. oh yeah yeah, yeah. we make cute yeah. like white Cuban babies yeah totally. <laughs> Um, Both of our women are like, what the? <laughs> here's your other dad, nerdy Manny Ramirez. <laughs> um, so 63% of auto shoppers still were, were researching dealerships after walking on a dealer's lot. And more than half of those visited additional dealerships based on what they found on their mobile devices. So what that basically breaks down to is basically what happened when I was on the lot last time. Um, I'm looking at a car. I'm checking out its price. And then I'm on my phone while you know the salesperson is someplace else and i'm checking out like okay well what does this other lot have the same car for what is this going on and then even if they even if they had a better price um it was a matter of like okay well i did my research before i got the car so what you're telling me is kind of like oh wow i kind of just went through that which is kind of fascinating i did my research before i got the car i knew what kind of car i wanted but then it became a matter of the culture and like where would I go and where would I feel comfortable? What sites did I go to? What was offering what? Um, and you're right. By the time I walked on the lot, I kind of already knew what I wanted. And it became, a, it became a, a fact of what brought me to that lot in particular. And then what happened after I was there. But there was a lot of research and stuff that goes into it before I even walked onto that lot. Um, yeah. And so, like, so the, you, what you're getting to is now transparency matters a free like you need a frequent message you need a consistent one but now if you can build uh if you can be more transparent as as a local business uh you it's still an industry that people don't trust yeah the the consumer doesn't trust naturally so you're always going in with skeptics if you can build this loyalty within um within your employees uh in a in a message projected out too so they your employees buy into it the everybody that's in the admin side the financing side and the sales side they all have a good attitude chick-fil-a style that's right. that's more brand internal branding to me but it will bleed out uh it everywhere will. and then the other part is if you do a consistent message you know using behind the scenes stuff with people there uh, via social media ads or something like that it will build that loyalty to like, oh, I feel like I kind of know these people after a while. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to walk into any particular lot, I mean, one of the things in probably, who, who's that Who's that amateur with the phone still well, turned up? Well, I'll throw another thing. <laughs> another thing I found that was interesting was uh, it's hard to track leads uh, consistently data-wise for lots a little bit because it's skewed depending on inventory. So inventory can adjust promotion. The reason I think this is interesting is because 
we can work creatives on the fly or we can have, you know, inventory style creative ads ready creative to go. Creative stores end of the year, creative stores mid-year, creative stores, things of that nature that are specific for times when the when inventory may be higher and or lower. Right. So you send us a, a Slack message and it's like, hey, we got to now, all right, we have to switch gears on a dime. Mm-hmm. All right, flip this other campaign on. Cool. We've already got it shot because right. we already thought about it in pre-production. You yeah. Know. And I think that's another thing. When you, get, you were touching on the consistency and the trust part. When you look at standard marketing methods that are used currently by local car lots, um, they're using the commercial, which has a broad message. They're using the, the flyers, which has, again, a broad message. And they're casting this very, very wide net. They're not really conveying messages or making messages that are, A, frequent enough mm-hmm. and, B, specific enough for uh, almost better to have 10 very specific messages that will reach 10 very qualified buyers than one broad message that may you may send out to 1,000 uh Seekers, not mm-hmm. even buyers. They're yeah. seekers. They may right. be interested, but they're not. They're not. They're not a qualified buyer. So, and that's that's really one of the beautiful things about that. What you were talking about, building that culture, that can come from almost anybody on the lot. That can come from your from your sales reps to your sales managers to anybody else on the lot to even customers who have been on the lot and just like they're sharing their experience and things of that nature. Yeah, the and you know, <laughs> we've talked about this employee hiring for the lots as well can be done through online advertising and good creatives. We've, we've already worked on projects where we go, Hey, you know, we can try to make this funny and, uh, and I'll get to the funny part, why that's important on the creative side, funny and like show why this is a great place to work. Mm-hmm. And we go show the corporate culture. Yeah. Oh, you can move from, uh, whatever the grunt is at a, a dealership, all the way to this, because this guy did it. Wash boy, detail boy. Sure. All Nothing the way against wash boys or detail boys. We need you guys. There's a, there's a career path. I think people care about that because, yeah, more people are jumping around jobs, and it's a freelancer society for everybody under 35 now. But it doesn't mean they, they may want to do different jobs within the organization yeah. uh, or at least have a pathway. Yeah. You go, from detail, yeah, you go from detailing cars to sales to finances to all of a sudden, you know, lot manager or something like that. Lot manager is not a uh, proper term, I don't think. But <laughs> So also uh, day parting ads as the other part of the time inventory matters where we can go. If we know it's going to be rainy mm-hmm. uh, for the next seven days, we can slow down that ad spin, you know, right. day to day because there's not going to be as many people. Or ramp it up for those uh, 24 to 72 hours that you mentioned earlier. Yep. So promotion times. Yeah, retargeting and things of that. And I'm excited to look at like Hulu and Spotify and Pandora as other avenues that are kind of somewhere in between. Someone checking out a Fast and the Furious on on Hulu or Amazon and boom. Well, so you have to get the frequency of that consistent message Mm -hmm. across like eight different platforms. And that's across devices now. So uh, the way people digest stuff is totally different but if you have you know how many people do you think are on <laughs> this is a i know you didn't have a chance to look this up but i'm putting you on the spot if you had to guess i hope i know it I know, right? if you had to guess uh mobile searches versus web searches versus people actually watching commercials on tv percentage wise which one do you think wins in that race uh what do you mean just people straight up going to google yeah, people or people on Google on their Bing social media just defaulted. just on their phone versus versus on their computer versus on uh, 
you know, actually watching. Like, I haven't seen a commercial on TV in forever. Oh, well, you know, you, you probably cut cable, right? Yeah, I did. So, you know, there's going to be more platforms. I bring Hulu up because it's interesting. It's kind of, it's the hard part about, like, cable advertising mm-hmm. is you usually have to do the metro area or, like, a city, and you don't really get reliable stats back. The reason Hulu's interesting is because, like, uh, a lot of people can get the discounted version of Hulu, but I can I can do it by zip code. And I could tell this before I even looked it up that uh, the political ads, when those were going around, um, when Daddy Trump won, mm-hmm. that <laughs> that uh, I've never called him that, but uh, <laughs> but you could tell they're they're segmenting it per area. And I could tell when I was going to other people's houses and stuff and we're watching something. So to answer your question, mobile search versus desktop search, I can give you that. It's going to be about 70% of your traffic now. Mobile is interesting because it's like a low jack. You can sometimes tell where, where they're looking at this stuff. Yeah. So if someone's on your lot, you can tell that they're searching for stuff on your lot or around the corner or down the block or whatever. And it's usually more personal because you don't let a lot of people use your phone. So when you retarget that person, you know, you're like, you're closer to 30% of getting that lead back. So, uh, you know, the other part of that is, well, so you, you said desktop versus mobile versus television, TV, broadcast. I'm so I, good I old fashioned cable. Can't even say rabbit ears anymore, but I'm saying just the good old fashioned cable. So I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you completely throw away cable. No, but, but segment it to the channels that it needs to be on if you can. Right. Um, or maybe just supplement supplement that by other traditional means. So, you know, it kind of goes by, are we going target audience? Because if we're going 35 and under target audience, you're a used car lot, mm-hmm. or you're a place that sells like, it, all right, if you're selling a lot of like Honda Civics, I feel like that was the chick car. Right. For like every chick I knew had one at some point. So Honda Civic... W- we're going target audience first in this idea, and then we're going to go to the platforms that matter to them. We're definitely hitting Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I want some Pinterest ads all over that spot. Uh, Instagram as well, because those are the lifestyle platforms. And then that would be that, – that it's either like do you go campaign first and then figure it out? Mm-hmm. Do you go uh, objective, which is a promotion, you know, overall promotion? Or do you just try to segment a target audience? That's kind of why this takes me a minute to kind of, like, explain. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I th- those are three approaches to the same thing. Yeah. I think, I think, but I think all three of them are probably because of that, because we can, we can look at it, we can look at our product, which is a Civic in this particular case. Uh-huh. We can look at our product. Mm-hmm. We can look at our demographic. And then we can immediately identify some of the platforms that we want to hit them on. And then make the creative seem far more specific, far more targeted. Yeah. To then qualify our our audience. Yep. So that way, when they're on our lot, on our, at our door. Yeah. They are then, uh, hey, you're the demo. You're the right person. I've got the car. Here you are. Now everything is up to the person on the lot, of course. But we've got them there because we were in the right place with the right demo. And it, on their platform, in their phones, in there. And <laughs> it's an easier sell if you have everything listed online, up to date, mm-hmm. uh, and you you post. That's good organic content is posting what's available, uh, what just came on the lot. 
that kind of stuff is great too as like social media fodder. But um, the funny part I wanted to get back to is if we can make them witty, like Geico does a good job of making those interstitial YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. Five, you've got five seconds or whatever before you can skip mm-hmm. um, to that younger demo. Uh, but it, if you can, they can make it funny in five seconds. I feel like we can too. Funny gets shared on social media. So you, you don't really share that on YouTube because it's not, not it's somewhere between social media and pay-per-click yeah, kind of like area. But social media-wise, if you make consistent, funny, um, you know, digital ads, those are the things that get shared. That's the organic reach. That means you get to spend less on ad spend online. Yep. So, all right, we got to close it out because we got to get on a call. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. More when it happens. I'll see you. You got to hit that button. This red, is where you edit. Button. This is what you edit out. That's right.